The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Jesus said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the tower at Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. And he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A very interesting gospel today. There's two parts to it. Let's focus on that first part first. People coming to Jesus and pointing out this tragedy, this sacrilege. But then Jesus answers, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. Or those 18 people who were killed when the tower at Siloam fell on them, were they more guilty? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. It makes me think right now of the Ukrainians. Do we think that the Ukrainians are bigger sinners than anybody else in Europe? I don't think anybody else, I don't think anybody really thinks that, even the Russians. So our hearts go out to them. And we're praying for peace. It makes me think of what Our Lady spoke about back in 1917 in Fatima. She appeared during World War I to the three children, Francisco, Jacinta, and Lucia. And she said, this war is going to end, but if the world does not repent, like Jesus is saying here in the gospel today, there's going to be a second, even worse world war. Meaning that it could have been avoided. It could have been avoided. But sin has that effect. When we don't repent, when it goes unchecked, even in our own lives, it tends to get this momentum and it spreads its evil 
And it blinds us more and more because every time we sin, even little sins that go unrepented for, it blinds our intellect, it darkens our intellect, it twists our hearts, and it weakens our wills. Let me say that again. Every time we sin and it goes unrepented, it darkens our intellect, it twists our heart, and it weakens our will. Do we see evidence of that in our society today? Can I get an amen? Okay. And, and so, in a sense, war and what we're seeing right now, it's a scourge. It's, definitely, it's like a plague. God doesn't want it to happen. God doesn't want evil things to happen. He is never the author of evil. God is not the author of death or pain or suffering, ever. Because when we ask the question, why does God allow this? We're implying that he's the cause of it. But he's not. He's not. We have this free will to either love or to hate. If we weren't free, we couldn't love. Did you ever think about that? To truly love, you have to be free. I was at a wedding yesterday of a friend of mine at Notre Dame, the Basilica at Notre Dame in South Bend. Beautiful. And the priest asks the couple, are you here of your own free will? I am, they both said. That's necessary to love, to truly love. You have to be free. Of course, God knew that that was a risky proposal. Love always implies a risk. Love always implies a risk because your love can go unloved, right? And that hurts. Your love can be scorned, unappreciated, ignored. But God wanted to win our love. He wanted to pour out his love on us and have us love him in return. He wanted us to share in his eternal exchange of love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what God always wanted for us. And that's what he still wants for us. That's why he sent his son to die for us and rise from the dead so that he could give us eternal life, even though we have sinned. This coming Friday is the Feast of the Annunciation the incarnation, when Jesus took flesh in Mary's womb nine months before Christmas. And Pope Francis is going to consecrate Russia and the Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, a very prophetic gesture, because it's what Mary asked for back in 1917 when she appeared to the three children. It was one of the things that she asked for Well, she actually asked for it a little bit later to Sister Lucia. Anyway, that's a detail. And there's a lot of controversy around that, but I'm of the opinion that, yes, in fact, 
It was done the way that Mary asked for it to be done by John Paul II, finally. But nevertheless, Pope Francis wants to do that again. And he's doing it in union with all of the bishops around the world. He's at least invited all of the bishops around the world to offer this prayer of consecration in union with him. And Archbishop Vigneron has invited all of the priests to join him at the cathedral on Friday afternoon in this prayer. And it's going to be broadcast on social media so you can all pray with all the priests in Detroit and with the Holy Father in Rome and bishops and lay people, priests all around the world, imploring Our Lady, the Queen of Peace, for her intercession. That a whole lot of grace would just be poured out upon the world. That people would be inspired to repent, to turn back to God, to have a conversion. The word conversion implies this turning back. The word repent also has this connotation of a renewal of the mind, a turning back to God, asking for forgiveness for your sins. We need that. The world needs that more than ever. So this is something you can do. This is a very tangible thing you can do. You can pray with the world this Friday afternoon. It'll be noon, our time, and then it'll be 5 o'clock in Rome. The Holy Father will be praying at 5. And we can all unite our prayer with His. And that's a powerful thing. And then Jesus finishes with this little parable about the fig tree. And the person who planted it was ready to have it cut down. Why should it exhaust the soil? But the gardener said, Sir, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. I think Mary could be related to the gardener in this parable. How often has Mary interceded for a sinner at the hour of death? And said, save this one. Give this one a chance. A second chance or a hundredth chance. So Mary, in a sense, embodies that motherly love of God. Because God has that love in him. He gave it to mothers. God gave that motherly tenderness and unconditional love. mothers in a particular way. So Mary embodies that in a particular way for all of us as Christians. And so the gardener intercedes on behalf of the fig tree that the, you know, that the owner, if you will, was ready to cut down. So Mary wants to cultivate 
our faith. She wants to feed it. She wants to bless it. She wants to encourage us. God is not about discouraging us or wagging his finger in our face and saying, shame on you, you should know better. I don't read that here in the gospel today at all. God wants us to know his love and he wants us to enjoy his friendship so that we can say, I love to be loved by God. I enjoy being a friend of God. I enjoy being blessed by my Father and loved by Jesus, my Savior. I love being set on fire by the Holy Spirit. Thinking about that first reading today, Moses in the burning bush. So God wants this friendship with us. And we don't need to be afraid of our sins. We should repent, but we shouldn't be afraid of repenting, of asking for forgiveness. That's what divine mercy is all about. You can think of your sin even as a gift to God. I know that sounds strange, right? But what else do we really have to give him that didn't come from him in the first place? All good things come from God. Amen? So what can we really give him that's good that didn't come from him in the first place? But what's the one thing that we can give him that didn't come from him in the first place? Our sins. But he actually likes to take our sins away. St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, used to get excited about finding new sins to give to God. Ah, here's another one that I can give to God. Yay! Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. She wouldn't get all depressed and... No. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to get depressed. No, we can get excited about giving our sins to God who wants to take them away, who wants to cut them out, who wants to heal us and have us grow strong and to bear fruit that he blesses for eternity. So let's ask him for that gift today to repent of our sins with confidence in his mercy so that we can bear fruit, so we can have a relationship with him that will, that will truly be enjoyable for us, that will be life-giving for us and for our families and for this world. Amen.